Uh, those are the three relatively new-ish three other products I've found. Mm. So, out of this, these three, Victoria, which one would you buy? <laughs> well, God, I, if I didn't see that before and after. <laughs> Episode 20. I lost count. <laughs> so thank you, Victoria. <laughs> this is the Chemist Confessions podcast, a human conversation on all of the skincare science we talk about on the daily. Nailed the intro. <laughs> yeah. And today we are actually going to get into vitamin C derivatives. <gasps> There's a lot. There's a lot. There's, There's more. There's new. Uh. <laughs> Usually these episodes take us a lot longer to get into because the two of us will be doing research. We're like, yo, have you seen this? Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, if you're ever curious to see what our personal messages look like to each other a lot of it is just sharing very silly i don't know discoveries <laughs> charts tables i don't really know but yeah anyways uh, but before we get into the meat we should share a few nice words yep the first one is for the experiment oh. uh little mini kit and the title is excellent idea and experiment the concept of these samples is genius and there's plenty in the bottles to really know how they work for me i have no complaints and i'm happy to report i found a match with more than one product Woo! yeah um so if you're wondering what the experiment is, this is our new Gen 4 mini kit. Mm -hmm. um, we, as we launch, we know that ultimately skin is so personal and really it would just help to give little minis. So we created this experiment kit for everyone and you can actually select by what HA booster you would mm -hmm. like to trial. And that's it. That's really what it's about. Yeah, and we are so proud of the little box, the yeah. little drawer box we make. Um, we made with it. It's just a really fun kit that I think we inject a lot of personality into. Yeah. So. Next. All right. This is about Mr. Reliable. Yep. And the title is Simply the Best. This person writes, this is my favorite moisturizer of all time. I have been looking for something more substantial than a gel, but doesn't make me look like a mirror. Oh, I feel <laughs> that. I feel <laughs> that in my core. I think when we were testing the um, sunscreen series, too, there's a couple that I'm like, oh my god, I think I can see Victoria in my face. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Reliable fits my needs perfectly, and I can't imagine my face without it. Yeah. Woo! Any nice words about our Gen 2, we have to share. Yeah, and for those of you new to the brand or um, wondering what the difference between Gen 1 and Gen 2 mm -hmm. is, we definitely pack a lot more uh, barrier-loving actives into mm -hmm. Gen 2. It's also more of a little bit goes a long way texture. Yeah. It's still fresh, but it does pack more of a hydration punch. So if you are if you have oily skin, one pump will do the job. Sometimes even that three quarters of a pump will do the job yeah. on a muggier day. I have dry skin. I Even for me, one full pump will do it for most days. If it's a little dry, I go with like 10 and a half pumps. Yeah. And for oily skin, this is a win, I can tell you, because Mr. Reliable lasts way longer. So, bueno. Yes. All right. And our final nice word is about Bon Voyage. The title is So Smooth and Hydrated. Short and sweet. She writes, this moisturizer is incredible. I use it all over my face and neck at night and I have woken up with super smooth and hydrated skin. I love that she writes about Voyage like it's a moisturizer. Mm -hmm. We should mention it is an occlusive balm. Mm -hmm. um, it is completely anhydrous. And what that means is it just, it's all waxes and butters. Mm -hmm. So she is actually slugging every night. Yeah, which is, you know, if it works for her, it does yeah. work really well. It's like yeah. going to sleep with a cocoon. Yep, <laughs> um, a true cocoon. Yeah, I do that sometimes because my skin is so dry. Kids, uh, proceed with caution if you have more oily skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you are looking for something to more tackle, like spot treat dry patches. Also, we always say to get creative, um, use it anywhere from like elbows to lips. That would be how you typically want to use it for oily skin types. Yep. All right, so thank you for the nice words. We do not pay for any of our reviews. We're proud of each and every one. And 
a lot of our customers are so kind to leave their skin type, their how the they routine. yeah their full routines, um, and it's just incredibly helpful to everyone just looking to find new skincare. Also, uh, we have a new promo code. Yes. So head on over to our website if you want to check out our product. Uh, please use the code podcast ship and get free shipping on your order. This works for free standard shipping, but it also works for expedited shipping. So if you pack your car and you already qualify for free shipping, still use this code, please. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So because this is a dense one, we are going to head straight into the meat. And in this first realm of meat, we are going to look at vitamin C derivatives, MAP, ascorbyl palmitate, as well as a little bit of SAP, MAP being magnesium ascorbyl mm-hmm. phosphate and SAP being sodium ascorbyl phosphate. Yes. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me, Gloria. All right. All right, <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> I will say bear with us. Yeah. I feel like these episodes can be really difficult mm-hmm. to talk about because you'll realize that even though these are all vitamin Cs, they are all different. And this is why I get the really... Theme. Yeah. That's the theme. Yeah. And I get kind of annoyed with products that claim just like broad stroke vitamin C benefits and you think you're getting... You know, like the stuff, uh, the three core benefits of ascorbic acid, brightening, antioxidant, and collagen boosting. But you'll find from this episode that that's not the case with all derivatives. You'll find that there's a lot of molecules just writing the coattails of Dr. Pinnell's research on ascorbic acid. But in this first part, I did want to talk about more of this friendly competition that was going on between these different vitamin Cs. Friendly is a strong word here. (laughs) (laughs) Some were very aggressive, Dr. Pinnell. But anyways... (laughs) Uh, we should say uh, last week, I think we briefly mentioned how there was a little bit of this like turf war going on. And honestly, friendly competition is a good thing because it does require more testing. Yep. So what happened was, remember how we said Dr. Pinnell wanted to show that ascorbic acid was Ring the best, supreme. right? The best the of, Iron Chef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, between MAP um, and ascorbyl palmitate. And mm-hmm. we should mention that ascorbyl palmitate was something that Dr. Paracone's lab was looking into. <gasps> the drama. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, um, I think they came out with some data about how the absorption of these ingredients just aren't as good as a properly pH adjusted ascorbic acid serum. But we should say that. Dr. Uh, Dr. Paracone's lab was basically like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. You should know that even though ascorbyl palmitate, um, one of the kind of, I guess, pushback here was that ascorbyl palmitate does not convert into ascorbic acid very mm-hmm. efficiently. And that was actually used as a metric to say whether or not it was a good antioxidant and would give you all of those benefits. Right. Um, but despite all that, the lab was like, no, 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 hang on, wait a second. If you use 15% ascorbyl palmitate, it is effective at reducing UVB erythema. It, it basically was saying like, just because it doesn't fall into that one, it doesn't pass that specific test, it still has these benefits. So it's kind of a like fun little side story. I think that's like such a good concept mm-hmm. to talk about in general, because a lot of times when it comes to derivatives, that is one of the things they harp on, which is does it convert to the molecule that it's derived from, which has a proven benefit. Yeah. So a lot, they do that study. And if it converts, they're like, hey, you're definitely still getting some of the origin the og proven molecule therefore it works and that's how sometimes the derivatives skip clinical Mm. testing but then another question is how does the derivatives in their non-converted form work with skin because the reality is with uh with anything reaction wise it's never going to go to 100 percent completion so anyway i just think that's like uh this is a really interesting concept here that dr paracone's like you know what i don't give a rat (laughs) it actually does it convert to AA? I don't care because it still works. And I should also mention that, like, also the because ascorbic acid is 
water-based mm-hmm. and then a lot of these are actually not completely water soluble some of them are more lipophilic some mm-hmm. of them are more they're truly just oil-based mm-hmm. um those also can dictate how their mechanism yeah. and how they're absorbed and those factors all matter so this is why that that specific test is kind of like a hmm, like it doesn't really um, factor in everything right exactly um and then to add one more layer which i'm not going to get into but i also want to share with gloria is i went down a rabbit hole looking at sap mm-hmm. for some reason there's a lot of they looked at that in comparison to i believe like a sorbal palm they looked at it in uh, like different types of emulsions mm-hmm. and saw that the absorption was also different so if danger, you, danger, yeah, let's not talk about that exactly <laughs> so what we're trying to say is you know the ingredient itself mm-hmm. how, like how the or i guess the type of ingredient it is and its um specs matter then what it's in also matters so Hopefully that gives you an idea of why, you know, some of these studies, well, it's like only gives you like one more pixel worth of clarity is how I would see this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyways. All right. So moving on. What about MIP? So MIP passively without pH adjustment was actually supposedly the better molecule, even compared to ascorbic acid. That was the theory. But then, of course, this is what spurred Dr. Pinnell to be like, no, 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 no. This is why you need to pH adjust and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then basically showed like haha at the right ph ascorbic acid is better than map and ascorbyl palm so <laughs> the drama right oh like, my god haha. so that's kind of this realm of these more like we want to really think of these as kind of the like antioxidant vitamin c derivatives mm-hmm. and then the other thing and this might feel like going back to this whole uh i guess uv erythema and antioxidant capacity uh, remember how we were saying about how ascorbyl palm was effective at reducing UVB? Well, this is also when Dr. Pinnell was like, yeah, but that's UVB. UVA also matters. Oh, and this is God. actually what led to them finding the synergy between vitamin E and ascorbic acid. Because each of these individually were not good at, I guess, treating UV erythema in, in both UVA and UVB. But together they're better at covering both. So that's kind of this like fun fact for you guys. Like the whole antioxidant realm kind of crazy, So right? a little friendly <laughs> or maybe not so friendly competition helps yes. us all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we found a really great review paper. Bless this person's heart because they really tried to tackle the gamut of vitamin C derivatives and how they compare. Mm-hmm. Not even just looking at the percutaneous absorption within skin, um, but also looking at its UV benefits, stability, and even, you know, they look at like things that we don't care about, which is like tumor inhibition. So what they did do was try to give some comparison of how do all these stand when when you across the board. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what we should say is, first of all, ascorbic acid is the only one that requires a lower pH, uh-huh. um, where everything else does not need that stringent of a pH requirement. Yeah. So that's one. The second thing is. We were talking about this whole conversion to ascorbic acid. Even though, so we saw that ascorbyl palmitate, this doesn't necessarily matter, but a lot of these other um, MAP, actually MAP specifically, was shown to also convert to ascorbic acid, which Mm -hmm. is important in trying to understand how MAP's benefits are for skin. And then finally, the other thing that probably is the most interesting is talking about UV erythema, these like antioxidant benefits. So SAP does actually have human in vivo data showing that it does provide benefits. So yay. So that is something that's so important to highlight mm-hmm. is human. 
in vivo, like on actual human yeah. skin data, yeah. is very hard to come by. Yeah. And even outside of vitamin C, that's why we have we have a blog post on the other non-vitamin C antioxidants. And it was so hard for us to talk, to talk about because a lot of them write on in vitro data. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of times you see, okay, great, it's an antioxidant in a testy. Whoop de doo! Like it, a lot of times that doesn't translate to real life scenarios. Yeah. So great. And the only thing was, it has been found to be less than a sorbic acid. <gasps> the drama. <laughs> but if you, I think this is where my takeaway is more like, not everybody's skin likes a sorbic acid. Yep, for sure. And so if you're wondering, because what Gloria and I sometimes we struggle with is. When we ask people, if people ask us, ascorbic acid doesn't work for my skin, is there something else I can use? Then we want to know, what do you want to use it yes. for? If it's for antioxidant, this becomes very difficult because there's not a lot of data. Mm-hmm. So then I would say this is like great for us, you know, and also for you guys is if you're looking for an alternative, then SAP is a great one to mm-hmm. try. So remember how we were talking about ascorbal palm. So ascorbal palm, Dr. Paracone's lab showed this on animal in vivo data, not human data. So I just thought kind of like as what Cora was saying, like why this kind of testing matters. Mm-hmm. There was not on MAP in a sense, like technically, um, because what they did was also another animal in vivo study, but this was looking at UV-induced lipid peroxidation uh-huh. and not looking at UV erythema. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like for us, we're looking at this like, oh, it's not a one-to-one comparison. Yeah, it's really hard. And I find it interesting that they did lipid peroxidation animal model mm-hmm. and what they're ox- um, peroxidizing on these animals may not be what's peroxidizing on your face yeah and that's the struggle with translating animal data to human skin so mm-hmm. yeah that's a great question also we're not even though i said we're not going to cover ascorbyl glucoside in this section they also did find some efficacy but it was less than sap so, so that gives you an idea of like the pecking order goes AA, point <laughs> uh-huh. no. If AA doesn't work for you, look for SAP serum mm-hmm. for antioxidant benefits. And then there's MAP, which is rough because there's just there hasn't been really any good comparison. So I feel like I, I think I would still gravitate towards MAP. Yeah, I would put that <laughs> loitering somewhere along the SAP corridor. It's probably still greater than glucoside, but as you can tell, there's a lot of extrapolation that has to yeah. happen with vitamin C derivatives. Exactly. All conjecture. Yeah. So that's really it in terms of comparison. Um, if you're wondering why we didn't really brush on SAP too much, this molecule seems to have come about a little later than when this turf war happened. Right. And funny enough, a lot of it lies in the oily skin acne realm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the nature of this industry where it's like, it's possible that they might have looked at the turf war and the existing data and was like, well, we're just going to be an alternative. Let's see what else it can do. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> and that's actually how a lot of these molecules come to light is like trying to find other benefits to claim and territories to claim. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I also kind of wanted to just share kind of like a funny note. Um, there is talk about like this whole battle of vitamin C derivatives. I felt like this is like the way I describe it is if you're an F1 fan, it really feels like the best of the rest kind of scenario. <laughs> Um, when it came to like percutaneous absorption studies, a lot of these were like, wait, wait, wait. So for example, ascorbyl tetraisopalmitate, they were like, wait, I have better percutaneous absorption efficacy than MAP. And then 3-O-ethyl sorb is like, wait, 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 but I'm better than ascorbyl glucoside. Like they all did their comparisons, but the way they do it is like not to take down some of the big ones. It's like, 
their little like sniping, like, sniping, like a, a, a little, little teeny nemesis. tiny, teeny tiny BB gun. Like, Pew! Yeah. I absorb better than that hey, guy. At least I'm putting the scorpion glucoside. Am I right? <laughs> so I found it kind of entertaining in that sense. But that's just how science is. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for me, part one. Yeah. So this is a quick review of a lot. Honestly, this chart you've probably seen posted a few times from by not just us, but other um, people who dabble in this realm as well. It. If you squint at this chart, you're going to get a little cross-eyed and confused. For and sure. Because there isn't a clear winner, right? There's this one has good data in this department. But wait, this one might be better for brightening. But wait, that one doesn't absorb. And it's really hard to say which one is the best. So we're going to get into it a little bit more in meat part two in terms of how to shop these derivatives, what some of our guidelines are. And I want to mention just one little side note here is on the chart, you'll see uh, ingredients like 3 ethyl ascorbic mm. acid. And in the chart, you'll see a lingo called parentheses trade publication. Mm. And that's what we'll get into in meat part two is on the industry side, people who produce these um, vitamin C derivatives, the people that's actually putting the tails and the hands and the random groups on these derivatives are like hey well since you guys are so interested in a different type of vitamin c we can we can put our spin on it and yeah. for those it's extra hard for us to talk about because the data comes from the publications from yeah. the suppliers mm-hmm. or from an industry group that does like a teeny tiny study it's not more it's less academic based yeah and so uh, if you feel like we kind of just threw a bunch of testing and lingo at you i think how we would sum this up is sap and map we consider to be the og derivatives Mm -hmm. that we typically recommend if ascorbic acid doesn't quite work for your skin type just because of the data behind it i will say ascorbyl palmitate is that one that i don't really talk about Mm -hmm. Um, but there is data behind it and you can consider it to be part of this realm as well but just keep in mind that this ingredient does also need quite a high percentage. And I think that's something that Gloria and I do not come across a lot in the product realm. So that's probably how I would sum this up. Mm-hmm. And especially considering for AOX, like we're, we're really speaking more in the antioxidant, free radical uh, prevention uh, arena and not in the brightening and all that other skincare claim arena that we'll get into in me part two. All right, and cool. after a lot of dead stuff, it's time to break it up. Let's break, 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 break up, break, 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 it's my turn. Um, today we are talking about snails. Um, this is because I went down the rabbit hole of looking at snail mucin again, and it was been trending on TikTok. My brother bought a bottle, and I'm like, let me just brush up on this stuff. And then I gave up on that and, then- <laughs> <laughs> and looked at just snails in general. And then was like, we need an animal from fat corner, so let's just learn about snails. Anyways, it turns out, you know, you, you guys know it through skincare because it gets tied to a lot of really crazy skincare claims. Anything from acne, anti-aging, yeah, yeah, it's just the works, wrinkles, like anything. It's just this magical new elixir that everyone loves. Um, so then I started looking into the sources which led me to types of snails. Mm-hmm, Turns of out course. there's like 40,000 species of snails out there. Then I stumbled upon people's PhD undergrad theses about snail secretions. Ah, doctors of snails, yes. <laughs> and learned that, um, first of all, snails are so diverse because they live, they can live anywhere in saltwater, freshwater, land. Mm-hmm. Um, and their microbiome is also can be very different per body part area just like ours mm-hmm. um so the snail slime on their feeties different than the snail slime on their back that's so cute snail feeties slimy feeties <laughs> uh, so 
then I decided, all right. Uh, Sorry, I just picture someone selling the latest, greatest snail musing serum and it's like, from feces only. <laughs> you don't understand. Bottom of snail, most effective. Yeah. Back of snail, no good. The other brand that I will not name totally gets up on the back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I started getting into types of snails and then Gloria and I, we started talking about the <laughs> biggest snail ever, which is, um, and one, the biggest snail is the giant African land snail called the Lissa Chatina Furica, probably butcher that. Furica. But yes. <clears throat> so, turns out this guy has quite a past. About eight inches in length. This is definitely bigger than my palm. Yeah. Like, Yay, big. Like, yeah. <laughs> eight inches. Got it. Yeah. The shells have a conical shape, um, which, fun fact, these, the actual uh, shells grow with the snail. Mm. So, not like a hermit crab where they have to go find bigger find new homes. shells. Yeah. Um, and they eat anything, like mm -hmm. from plant material to fungi to paper and cardboard, they'll eat anything. And you'll realize they'll eat anything with this specific species because <clears throat> they also mention that in rare instances they can consume each other, which is quite gross. Oh. Which is very odd. Oh. Yeah. So Weird. if you see two giant African snails that look like they may be reproducing, mm -hmm. they might actually be eating each no, other? No, 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 oh, okay. no. Turns out this snail is actually an incredibly invasive species. Mm. Oh, I have heard that. I like yes. big snail problems. Yes, it has a massive appetite and actually spreads a lot of diseases and for both plant and human. Humans? Yes. Oh. There's actually oh, been some <laughs> disaster attempts at fixing this big snail problem, literally. And the first one was actually to just use it as a food resource. Um, so do they marinate it, saute it? <laughs> but then turns out that they actually can spread a very serious a strain of meningitis. Oh no! So then they were like, Don't it. this is, does not work for us. <laughs> the second one was also very interesting where they they wanted to introduce it as kind of a food reserve for the American military. And the snails, they broke out of their wait, food captivity. Wait, how? How did they break? Did they chew through the lock or something? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just like, let it go. <laughs> I mean, this is still a snail. They're not the fastest no. thing in the earth. No, yeah. So what they decided to do was, let's just introduce a carnivorous species what could of go snail wrong? Um, called the Florida rosy wolf snail. But sadly, what instead just happened was they preyed upon a third type of native They're snail. They're like, oh, these African snails are nasty. We're yeah, not going to eat those. Like, We're not eating that. Yeah. And then basically caused the extinction of this third oh, native no! snail oh, within no! a decade. <gasps> it was not long. So it was like kind of crazy. Anyways, if you're wondering like where these reside, typically found in East Africa, but because of their invasive nature, they've been found everywhere. It's actually been found in China, Taiwan, and India, and the U.S. as well. But the U.S. was through imports and educational purposes, mm. which scary enough, I found out that apparently in Florida, they had to go through an eradication effort of these snails Florida. In, in 2011. Uh -huh. And then the last sighting was 2017. So it took them six years to get rid of That is such African a Florida snail. story. Yeah. <laughs> it's invasive species that just got extra big in Florida yeah. and extra problematic. Yeah. So no idea. Then I learned that um, something that was kind of interesting is there is a list. It's the top 100 most invasive species in the world. And turns out the snail is on the list. I checked what this list was. Number one is actually a tree in Australia that apparently grows super rapidly and consumes way too much water. Huh. The second one is the snail. <laughs> oh, that's very serious. <laughs> it's very serious. Yeah. And apparently they're also even known to eat stucco and damaged buildings. Like that's oh, how... ew. Yeah. So... 
big problem. Seriously. When Victoria was doing her snail moves in deep dive, I was joking about the species. Yeah. I was like, well, it's like big enough for a lot of people's faces. So instead of selling snail moves and <laughs> uh, snail moves and uh, serums, we should just sell the snail. <laughs> and then every night it's like, honey, honey, I need to put a mask on and just whoop. <laughs> just put the snail right on your face. Oh, Maybe God. not this species because it might actually eat your face. Yeah. So, strain of snail matters in skincare, obviously. Um, I think typical snail mucin comes from, like, garden snails, so, you know. But anyways, um, that's that's the African snail, guys. Oh, no. In today's unfortunate animal sighting. <laughs> so, if you see a giant African land snail, maybe don't touch it in the wild. If you see your neighbor take a baseball bat to a giant <laughs> snail... It's okay. Maybe He's probably doing the right thing. Reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I should mention because if they find that um, they are spreading a specific type of plant disease mm -hmm. or virus, they will have to quarantine. And if you remember the badger episode, quarantine is really rough, so, especially oh. for agriculture. Oh. So these guys, no joke, man, on the wanted list. Well, yeah. I would never thought. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. So that's yeah. the animal not-so-fun fun fact corner. Uplifting stuff. Goodbye, Victoria. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I guess uh, stay tuned for snail mucin content coming soon. Yay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into meat part two because it's juicy. Meat part two. All right. Let's go to the store and shop for that vitamin C to review. Uh, yeah, I will okay. say to open up this segment... We have to say, I think Victoria and I went through a couple existential crisis moments where we talk, think about like, <laughs> all right, we started doing chemist confessions where we did a lot of decode, decode that mm. aisle, how to read reading list. Then we kind of started saying percentage, percentages get crazy and then people are reading too much Decoding into, got crazy. Yeah, people are starting to get into some ingredients that honestly doesn't really matter and people are reading a little too much into mm. them. So we're like, how helpful are decodes? Mm. What should people really be looking for in ingredient list? And then we got to vitamin C derivatives. And we will say, <laughs> this is... The product category where we will highly, highly recommend you do a quick decode. And if nothing else, find out what ascorbic acid or what form of it you're actually getting. Mm. Because all these new launches I find just say very generically on the bottle, vitamin C. Fitzy, Fitzy and Bright. Fitzy <laughs> and Bright. Like Fitzy's, but Fitzy. But basically, you don't know what kind of ascorbic what you're getting mm. until you read the ingredient list. Yeah. And if you don't know how to find a, <clears throat> the ingredient list, just think ascorbate wood. So if you there's it can be a ascorbate something something. It should mm. be a it can be something something ascorbate. But that is the word you're looking for. Mm. All right. So uh, in this episode, we're or in this meat part two, we're gonna take a closer look at two new, more industry specific um, ascorbic acids. Mm -hmm. What this means is there's a little bit less academic data because this comes from the suppliers. And one of the more popular ones is actually three ethyl ascorbic acid. We're going to take a look at three new launches with this ingredient. And I'm going to ask Victoria, which one would you buy? <laughs> also, uh, I know 3-O-ethyl ascorbic acid sounds like ascorbic acid. They're very different. Not the same thing. It is not the same thing. So do not uh, assume it's a one-to-one -one, uh, replacement. Yeah, definitely not. So <clears throat> to start, Sephora's own brand has an SAP with 3-O-ethyl ascorbic acid. They claim that this combination comes in at 7%. And uh, and also comes with peptides and the ingredient checks out. We'll put this up there, but basically, I read something like uh, water, propane diol, pentylene glycol, SAP, 3O ethyl, uh, and then 1,2-hexanediol. There is a glucoside that follows that, but mm. it's kind of chilling there. I wouldn't really <laughs> count, count this guy as <laughs> much of a Yeah, just chilling. So, yeah. da -da -da -da, it goes down the list. And what's interesting is uh, Sephora actually did clinical on this product. <gasps> Yeah, so <laughs> whoever made this artwork, though, really hates Sephora or hates their job. We'll put the picture up there, but basically it says, 
plus 59% glow, plus 43% even skin tone. And then I was, oh. I was trying to look for the specs. I'm like, oh, is this like, what kind of testing is it for how many weeks? There is a little asterisk underneath that and it is so small. I can't see it at all. <laughs> so if you really, really zoom in, really zoom in, you see um, scientific test on 21 volunteers after 28 days of application. That is tiny. Yeah, I, got... I think that's the width of the line pointing to the bottle. Yeah, it is super oh duper tiny, God. and I don't know why it's so small, but it doesn't have to be that small. And it actually looks like either it's a typo or they did two tests because one has yeah. twenty-one volunteers <laughs> and one has twenty-two volunteers. <laughs> so what I find interesting is with this percentage, it suggests to me that it's either with an expert evaluator or mm. or instrumental data. So that is a good thing. It's not just a self-perception of this gives me more glow. Mm -hmm. So all in all, I think it's a pretty strong start. Uh, and I will say this does have the lowest percentage of the ones we're looking at today. And we should also clarify that the product itself claims 7% vitamin C. So remember when Gloria was talking about how like this broad sweeping statement about what that means. So yeah, um, we actually, for me, I feel like the percentage and the pairing of these two is fine yeah I, no issues there and but it's just you're not getting your traditional this is not a traditional ascorbic acid serum right that's it next cool all right first a beauty actually just launched um an ascorbic acid or a vitamin c serum as well it's called 10 percent vitamin c brightening serum again we it's don't just know. we don't know we don't know <laughs> so if you look at their ingredient list it's water 3-ethyl ascorbic acid squalane sodium uh, citrate tocopher acetate their signature colloidal oatmeal there are uh, a lot of extracts no, no, no. so 3-ethyl back again yep and the claims i kind of want to call out because um they call out vitamin c visibly brightens and reduces look of mm. fine lines and wrinkles vitamin e softens skins and fights free radicals mm. squalane lots of moisture <laughs> cool uh, i like the pause <laughs> Yeah, it's flatting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, this is, they call it vitamin C. Even mm. in the ingredient call, they didn't specify which one. Mm. They will say 3-O-ethyl with the data lights, like, reduces the look of fine line wrinkles, may or may not be here. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is I did kind of like the brightening serum. Yeah. Not, and this is where we're kind of like, you know, remember how the last episode we talked about how if you get into the details, it's vitamin C has can get claimed as an antioxidant, yep. boost your collagen, and also can brighten skin. And so I think it's like, I like that they had to define it's a brightening serum, mm -hmm. whereas a lot of them just like ride the, it's a vitamin C serum. Yep. Take from it what you will. Yep. And I'm so glad you said that because I want to highlight their before and after picture. First uh. of all, it's done after 10 days. And what are you supposed to see after 10 days? It's not a lot. And I will say, depending on the monitor you're using, depending on the browser you're using, it can look like she looks a little darker after 10 days. And, and Why was this the chosen before and after? Yeah, I don't... We'll put the picture up, but for podcast listeners, just take it from us. Check it out on the Sephora's oh. listing. It honestly doesn't look better. And the claim made here is a consumer perception, where it says 93% said this product did not irritate in italics. Their skin plus made it look brighter also in italics yeah it 93 percent said so consumer perception right but it really makes me feel like i'm reading like tea leaves or something yup so uh huh. yeah if they have a bunch of pictures but that's the testing that i chose Before to go with and so to us even though if you're shopping for mm -hmm. it you might see that hey first a beauty comes at 10 percent. this is higher than the sephora version 
let's opt in for this one. We'll say, uh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. What's the next one, Gloria? <laughs> next one for me, I find on the claim side to mm. be a little irritating. Okay, let's get into it. This let's one is Paula's right. Choice. Okay. They have a C5 Super Boost Moisturizer mm. with 5% vitamin C and hexapeptide 5. Okay. I find this irritating because does the their Super Boost Vitamin C line contains a serum that uses ascorbic acid mm. so to me if you're just you have a lot with, of vitamin c products yeah the eye cream blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep. yeah so if you're shopping within this line you might think that's what you're getting is five percent ascorbic mm. acid but if you look at ingredient list it goes water decapital carbonate three ethyl ascorbic acid dimethicone glycol yada 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 there is again ascorbic glucoside just hanging out <laughs> in the corner Hi. Yeah, yep, and there's Hello. thickeners. You see I the love peptides. how it squalane's in there again. Squal- the yeah, first aid beauty and Paul Choice clearly talk to each other. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say I get that on the packaging, calling it vitamin C is easier and more relatable. Mm. Um, but within this line, calling it just generically vitamin C can be misleading. Totally. And I don't see any sort of clinical testing that comes with this. And I know, I think... Probably our marketing friends would be like, but to be able to just have the ingredient on it, a lot of people might not know what it is. So just label as vitamin C. But like we said, again, the mechanism is not a one-to-one translation for all these derivatives. So what one molecule's benefits can bring can be completely different than the next guy. So this is why you never want to assume that, oh, I have a vitamin C product in my skincare, in my routine. I should be good, right? For antioxidants? It depends. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, those are the three relatively new-ish 3 ethyl products I've found. Mm. So, out of this, these three, Victoria, which one would you buy? <laughs> well, God, I, if I didn't see that before and after. <laughs> yeah, probably the Sephora one. <laughs> yeah, this is mildly surprising to me because yeah. um, I think I skewered Sephora C for a a few years ago. Because yeah. that one had a vitamin C, the, the OG, or I don't know if that one's still on the market, mm. but that one basically used a vitamin C rich extract mm-hmm. and then wants to position it the same as C for yeah. But this one, not bad. It's, it has, it's a combination of SAP with 3-O-ethyl. SAP for me part one is a little bit more proven in the antioxidant arena yeah. as well as other use. It's at a should be theoretically effective percentage. Yeah. It has a clinical, even though the subtext was tiny. But uh, <laughs> all in all, out of the three, I would think if you can't use ascorbic acid, if you're on the market for derivative, yeah. that one's not a bad one at all. I also was thinking how if I were just like completely blind to this category, how confusing it would yeah. be trying to choose between these products. Yep. And I, you know, funny enough, of the three, I would get so confused about the Sephora one, even though that would be after reading the inky makes a lot of sense because it comes in the amber dropper yeah you think it's for ale you know you would think oh it's another vitamin c serum for exorbic acid but mm. yeah i just feel like this whole category if i were just a normal skincare user it would be so hard to shop for i would not oh. know the difference for real and i will say the polish choice formula is not a bad formula mm-hmm. but it's just about kind of expectations yes. of what you're using 100 it also doesn't help that there's not a lot of data we can speak to for 3 ethyl ascorbic acid. Mm-hmm. So really trying to understand what it does for skin and how it performs is still a really big mystery for us. For sure. Yeah. And then I also have these three newer launches. Um, you can also find 3 ethyl at really high levels. Yeah. I think uh, the ordinary, not the ordinary, one of NIAD, I think has a really high ethylated one, uh, ascorbic acid. And then I think Ally of Skin has one that's like mm. 20, 30%. 
So I did do some digging to see if there's anything that I can find on using it at ultra high, like 20, 30%. And I did find a paper on it. And I got really excited because the title was, so it was like, uh, I started reading it. I, I was looking for keywords like uh, 3-O-ethyl ascorbic acid with any percentage attached to it. And I read one-step surface treatment reagent. I was like, oh, reagent, that's a strong word for, for, <laughs> for serums. 35% 3-O-ethyl ascorbic acid plus 50% citric acid restores the shear bond strength of metal brackets bonded to bleached human <laughs> enamel and in vitro study. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, they're using it on braces. <laughs> yeah, so other than this paper, I couldn't find much else on the 15, 20, 25, 30% of the Darn, ethyl so, so um, yeah. When you hear metal brackets and enamel, you're like, ah. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, oh. Not skincare, got it. All right, yeah. thank you, Google Scholar. But just a fun snippet for you. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, so 3-O-ethyl is definitely a very popular one right now. There's also THD ascorbate, mm -hmm. um, but there is a new kit on the block that we should talk about because it's in a, a couple new, uh, newer launches and yeah, yeah uh, lots of mystery around this one for sure. Yes. So this one I will say is not in as many products, but I would suspect it's coming. You, yeah, you'll probably see more of it. And that's just how it goes. It's, if something catches wind or you feel like, oh, vitamin C space mm -hmm. is getting so crowded, let's venture out into my own special derivative. My own derivative. <laughs> um, so you might start seeing words like glycerol ascorbate in your products. And one of the most well-known products that has this ingredient is Tatcha's, um, is it called Violet C? It is called Tatcha Violet C Brightening Serum. Also brightening. All right. So um, this one uses what they call a bisglycerol ascorbate. And kind of like the name suggests, it's ascorbic acid with two glycerin groups attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I started digging and I realized this is a proprietary <laughs> ingredient. This is on the supply, another industry trade, trade. ingredient and came from a Japanese company, and I found a paper on it. I was like, oh, oh Victoria, I found a paper on it, I found a paper on it. <laughs> and I opened it, it was all in Japanese. <laughs> so, Any Japanese friends out there would love to get your help. That's yeah. great. The, the good thing is, um, on this paper on bisglycerol ascorbate had the abstract itself is in English. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read a little piece of, in today's edition of their words, not mine, I'm going to read a little piece <laughs> from the abstract. It goes, in a human volunteer test, so this, was, this ingredient was tested in vivo on human, the application of VCDG, which is their shorthand for the bliss, bliss, glycerol ascorbate, <laughs> increased the skin surface water content. Therefore, we consider this ingredient to be an effective ingredient that improves skin hydration through enhancing CE formation. Well, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mm -mm. <clears throat> Are they saying it's a hydrator? <laughs> so oh no oh no not the hydrating claim <laughs> so yes glycerin is a great hydration molecule so it's not surprising that when you attach glycerin groups to ascorbic acid it increases water content therefore probably acts as a humectant what's a little mildly concerning is ain't nobody buying vitamin c products to hydrate their skin <laughs> that's why i'm like anything else is there anything else about this guy <laughs> so i will say this study does test in other avenues right okay. there's a lot in vitro data on I don't read Japanese, I can go into yeah. detail, but there's a lot of in vitro data around yeah. it. But none of them very directly related to traditional virus C benefits, like antioxidants and whatnot. Mm. And I highlighted that piece of claim because that is the one claim they made in vivo. Mm. So it makes me wonder, it's like, okay, you're already testing on human volunteers. Why is it only essentially an instant hydration claim? And that's the only thing we can say for sure is that it's hydrating. So the one thing I want to highlight is they mentioned the expression of CE-related compounds in skin 
Skin has its own antioxidant system. It's suggesting that it. Also, if you're wondering what CE, it's they've abbreviated it, but it's called the cornified cell envelope. Um, mm-hmm. It's they're looking at a specific part and functionality oh, mm-hmm. in the skin, just so that you don't think of it as like OCE for lipid yeah, or anything yeah, weird sorry, like that. Yeah. But it's just paper abbreviation, and it can. Just fun fact: if you're uh, if you're writing one of these papers, you can abbreviate it however you want. So yes. So cool. yeah, I just think as a vitamin C product, if yeah. that's a main takeaway. It's hard for us to say, yeah, that's a vitamin C. That's probably not what you're buying it for. <laughs> it's got the asorb thing in the inky. Yeah. But that's it for now. So we, we should see if Tatcha maybe did it. Did they do a study? I don't think so. Any claims I, oh, there yes, to help so, us out? <laughs> yeah. So Tatcha has this ingredient at 20%. Mm. And based on their ink. That's ing- a lot. Yes, it is okay. a lot. In the highlighted ingredient part, they did claim that it has a unique 20% vitamin C blend. And they call this a fast-acting, moisturizing vitamin C, which is accurate. Uh, <laughs> absorbs quickly into skin, fighting aging from daily free radical assault. I don't know if that... Oh, no. But... Helps support surface cell turnover. Oh, it keeps going for firmer-looking skin while also improving moisture levels. Okay. Yeah. Remains in skin longer, helping to protect skin from oxidation and reduce UV damage for brighter skin over time. Oh, my God. It keeps going. Yeah. So, for me, it's the reduce UV damage part that my wall. I don't have a thing anything that supports that. So, that to me is a little awkward. And then they also have, uh, this product also contains mild fruit AHAs at 10%, gentle yet oh, effective Gloria's acids. Favorite. My favorite. <laughs> blah, rich no. extracts. Gentle yet effective acids remove debris and build up of dead skin cells for smooth, more radiant skin. And they did a clinical test. Uh, this is based on expert graded study of 20 women. Mm. In one week, they see smoother, more radiant skin. Yay. How many of them? I don't know. In four <laughs> weeks, they see visible improvement. It's just C. Yeah, on overall skin tone. How no. many? How much improvement? I don't know. In eight weeks, they see an improvement in skin texture and the appearance of fine lines. I just want to call out that this is a terrible way of sharing results. Yeah, I... Like, really not good. So that's from the Sephora description part. Okay. And I do want to call out the one that the one stat that they chose to posterify okay. in the gallery is, <laughs> is that after four weeks, 95% showed improvement in overall skin tone. Okay. Okay. Based on an expert grader study of 20 women. So that's actually a clinical, a true clinical, not a consumer perception. Yeah. So the majority of people saw some level of improvement in skin tone. I will say, though, this to me doesn't, isn't, um, isn't supporting evidence for this ascorbic acid uh, in particular because they also have the 10% vitamin C. So it's hydrating. Mm. It kind of maybe mildly improves skin turnover. Mm. These can all factor in here. And... Again, this kind of, again goes back to maybe with this testing, we can say at 20%, such a high level use, it does softly bind skin. Well, I don't know about this this AOX free radical quenching business. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to call out that they actually still have a different form of vitamin mm-hmm. C in here. They're sorbyl tetraisopalmate, mm-hmm. which actually has been around for a lot longer than this new guy, which I'm, I'm wondering if it's also baked in, but... Um, Maybe that's what they're writing in terms of those other claims. That's a very funky This is a funky product. product, for sure. Yeah. And I think ultimately for me, though, it's what... I, I know we're going to get into this later, but I always just seeing this product alone, if someone were to ask me about it, I'd want to know, like, what's the goal? What are your goals? Yeah, exactly. Then let's see if this is a good fit. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Next. Cool. All right. Uh, we that's did... a juicy one. Yeah. All right. We but have, there's more. We have juice part two. 
Singjing, okay. which used to be the CBD brand and CBD trained you well. Anyway, <laughs> has a product called the C Drops. All right. Again, it's just generically called vitamin C. So I don't know. This one also has 20% vitamin C. Mm. And it has my favorite ingredient, cockatoo plum. <laughs> <laughs> but Gloria, it contains 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. Yeah, I it think cockatoo. It must be so potent, right? Don't make her do the rant. But anyways. <laughs> yes, but whatever. The ingredient list goes propane dial, water, glycerin, uh, three three glycerol ascorbate, mm-hmm. ferulic acid. glycerol ascorbate. Yep. Cockatoo plum extract. flour, yada, yada, yada. So it has one up on Tatcha, specifically one extra glycerin group on Montaja. Instead, instead of two glycerins, this is three glycerol score, right? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. But also at 20%. And mm. so this one was also tested. And this is blind study conducted with 100 consumers under doctor supervision. 99% said skin looks brighter. 90, 99% said skin feels more improved. They saw more radiance and they would recommend it to a friend. And 100% said skin looks more glowy. I like how glowy made it into Yeah, so I will say kudos to them for doing 100 people. Mm. This is a very sizable test. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it is only consumer perception. So I, I would give it a, okay, it does something. Mm-hmm. This product as a whole does something. With 100 people hitting 98, 99, 100% is not bad, even though I would argue that glowy is a mildly weird operative word here. <laughs> also, what's with the ferulic acid? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's chilling. I love how it's like they must have the CE for ruling combo in there somehow for some reason. Yeah, and I will say this one it has really it has a lot of propane dial, it has a lot of glycerin. So mm. this is definitely a very powerful hydrator. Mm. Um, as far as this this particular vitamin C goes, I want to share that I couldn't find anything very specific on three glycerin mm. ascorbate. And you might ask, can I just say, hey, with two glycerin it does this? So with three glycerin. <laughs> For more hydrating? Mm. Question mark, question mark, question mark. So th- uh, I think the takeaway here is without getting into too much details, mm. you can't translate any derivative data across the board, right? Yes. I can't say I replaced the magnesium grouping MAP with sodium, therefore the data carries. From me, part one, you'll know that that's not how that works. Yeah. So when you have two glycerol groups versus three, you can't extrapolate anything. Like how does skin interact with this molecule instead? You don't really know. Does the antioxidant portion translate over? Does the hydration, does the pigmentation part translate over? None of that applies, and they couldn't find any testing specifically on this ingredient. I'm also starting to become like a grumpy like human being with all of these before and afters because mm-hmm. they're clearly using just general consumer perception, like take a photo on my mobile mm-hmm. as the before and after. Mm-hmm. And I think a long time ago, I was telling Gloria about how like before and afters are just almost like replacing testing mm-hmm. and how they're just using that regardless of the like how structured and I guess uniform these pictures are. And I don't know. I just feel like now just as we go through these decodes more and more, a lot of times you'll hear is like, this is not a professional before and after. But it's used and it can be very convincing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And honestly, we'll put the before and after up. You can make a judgment yourself. I think I wanted to talk about, I, I honestly couldn't find even a third product that has a glucose scorpion, yeah. but I am a firm believer that it's going to come. Yeah. Um. So just letting People you guys- like new. Yeah. New shiny things to talk about. Yeah. yeah exactly. So uh, the takeaway here is this is the new new. There is not a lot of data. <laughs> There's only, um, I can only find some bits and pieces from yeah. the creator and the supplier of yeah. these ingredients so i would say if you see a new age uh a scorba something like this one 
it's definitely I would definitely pick the one whose data you believe in more and it should definitely come with its own testing yeah so I think you know to sum up a lot of meat mm-hmm. some feeling a little random we have a few takeaways mm-hmm. the first thing being decoding vitamin c molecules here is really these are all just called c somethings yeah <laughs> and it can be the difference between what you're trying to accomplish in your skin routine goals are you getting the antioxidant benefit do you want brightening benefits are you trying to i don't know you want that collagen production benefit we talk about those not everyone performs the same way right. some don't quite seem to perform at all which is right. concerning so yeah that would be our first one so that's number one and number two is have you considered trying ascorbic acid <laughs> uh, check out our episode from two weeks ago if you're wondering in the sea of dupes which one you i want to try for if that works for you you can tolerate the mildly mm. hot doggy dog smell yeah and it's still the og for a good reason yeah otherwise uh we will be sharing an upcoming blog post we're probably gonna figure out some sort of segmentation to try to think about you know how to create a better picture of how all these vitamin c molecules work or don't work and then ultimately if you see the next product you want to buy and it just says vitamin c give it a look and let us know if you have any questions yeah. and hopefully this was helpful yeah hopefully this was helpful yeah. um we will we will be back next week talking about what i don't know because doing this episode took a lot out of us <laughs> <laughs> otherwise where can they find us gloria you can find us on our website at chemistconfessions.com that recently got a facelift <laughs> you can dm us on instagram at chemist.confessions or you can email us at info at chemistconfessions.com otherwise thank you guys for listening we will see you next time <laughs>